Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. It is like 8 o'clock on Sunday night, the night before I'm supposed to release this, and I am just recording because I had my first case of podcast writer's block, couldn't decide on a topic, I I just, I had no motivation, I couldn't figure out what to talk about, and then this kind of just came to me, so I hope you guys like it, because it was very spur of the moment. Also, I'm missing the end of the Super Bowl, which I'm not even sad about, because because I feel like this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl was very underwhelming. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but it's kind of a side note. Anyway, this episode is about how to survive the hard times of motherhood, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, here we go. Becoming a mother is something that no one can prepare you for. You can read all the books, do all the things, and even be a children's therapist, and it will still knock you on your ass. I mean, I'm speaking from experience here. If you are a new mom or a mom who just added another child or a mom at all, you aren't alone. No one knows exactly what they're doing or has any idea what they're doing, right? Once you think you have one stage mastered, you're suddenly in a new stage and you're back at square one. I thought I was like pretty well qualified to be a mom. Um, You know, therapy degree, check. Years of infertility to make me really appreciate motherhood, check. I read, researched, prepared, and then I did it all over again. And I'm sure almost all of you have been in a similar situation when you're about to have your first baby, right? Then your body goes through the greatest trauma of its life. They hand you this fragile, beautiful baby that you love more than anything and expect you to just handle it and figure it out. And you do, right? You love that little baby so fiercely that you vow that you guys will figure this out together. And you do. As things grow and evolve, so do you. Sometimes in good ways and sometimes in not so good ways. Motherhood has a way of bringing to the surface every hidden issue, trauma, and limiting belief that you have. I remember a moment where I literally thought, I've been in therapy like half my life and I still don't have anything together. My life, motherhood, nothing, right? Motherhood can make you your best self and you can also drown in it if you aren't careful. That is why today I'm going to share my top tips for how to survive the times that you feel like you are drowning. The times where you don't necessarily like motherhood and maybe you are questioning why you are even a mom. First of all, I want to talk about what is motherhood because motherhood is not how clean your house is and it's not how organized you are and it's not how good you are at getting your kids dressed or cooking or any of those things. None of those things are your motherhood. Your motherhood is your relationship with your kids, period. I think when we're actually struggling, we have to ask ourselves if we're struggling with the stuff that comes with motherhood, like being an Uber driver, a personal assistant, a chef, and a maid, or if it's 
actually like the relationship and raising the kid that you are struggling with. There is no right or wrong answer. And as a mom, you'll probably struggle with both of them at some point in your journey through motherhood. Um, But it's helpful to kind of think about when you're struggling. And to me, I think that's the first step in addressing it and finding ways to not fix, but learn to cope with how you're feeling. I don't want to say fix because we don't need to be fixed. We may need to make tweaks or adjustments um, to our relationship, how we're parenting our kids, our organization skills, but we don't need to be fixed. We're just fine as we are. Okay, so my first tip is maybe you should talk to someone, which is the title of one of my favorite books about therapy. If you have your own trauma issues, if you are a human being, you probably need therapy. Transitioning into motherhood, whether it's having one kid or adding another kid, is super difficult and I think something that's often overlooked in our society. Like I said in the beginning, where they just kind of hand you this baby and expect you to handle it. It's a big, big change. You suddenly are fully responsible for another human being and raising another human being into being a capable adult that's not a murderer. And that's a lot of freaking work and a lot of freaking pressure. So first of all, I want you to recognize that like this isn't easy peasy lemon squeezy. A lot of people make it seem like that on Instagram or just, you know, when you talk to people. And I think that's because they're afraid to talk about the emotional toll and load that comes with bringing life into this world. And I personally was totally naive to this when I had Sam. Like, I thought, oh, whatever. Like, it's it's going to be fine. It'll come naturally. No, 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 no. It's a lot of pressure. So if you are struggling with that, don't be afraid to seek out professional help and support. This is especially important if you do not have good family support or support at home. So becoming a mother is so stressful. It's a thousand times more stressful if your situation, relationship, home life, family relationships aren't stable and positive. And so you need to make sure that you are taking care of you and getting the support that you need so you can raise this little being. To find a good therapist, I usually recommend asking friends who they see if there's anyone they recommend and then kind of going from there. Um, As a last resort, you can look and see like who your insurance company covers or if you have the resources to self-pay looking on a website called Psychology Today that usually has pictures and bios of therapists in your area. A therapist is beneficial at every point in motherhood, not just the transition into motherhood because it's hard. Not just the beginning's hard, it just continues to become a different kind of hard as they grow up. And so don't think that just because I talked about this in terms of becoming a mother that you shouldn't or don't need to seek therapy if your kids are 15. You might need it just as much with teenagers because they are freaking hard. Number two tip is find your tribe. And this is one of the harder ones. 
Um, if you don't have a tribe going into motherhood, finding one after the fact can be kind of tricky. So I think you'll, you have those people around you to lift you up and support you, encourage you that you can ask questions, vent to, cry to, you know, the people that really, really get it and get you. I honestly don't think you can survive motherhood without having a group of friends or family close by you because it's not something that's meant to be done alone. There's the saying it takes a village for a reason because it literally takes a village to give you a break, to give you advice, to wipe your tears, all of those things. And if your family isn't your tribe, that's okay. Find other people that are. The second part of this is don't be afraid to lean on your tribe and let them know what you're going through. I think a lot of times we have quality people in our life, but we feel afraid to utilize them, to vent to them, to talk to them for whatever reason. And that's what they're there for. We're here to support each other. All we have at the end of this life is our relationships. And if we can't have real, honest, authentic relationships with people, then there's really no point. So make sure you're utilizing your tribe, opening up, and they'll do the same for you. Okay, my number three is one moment at a time. And if if I've ever been your therapist, we've probably talked about this before in times of stress or crisis. So if you are not doing well, you are struggling, you're overwhelmed, you're having your own stuff, the best thing you can do is take it one step at a time, one moment at a time. And I use the the example of do the next right thing from Frozen 2. Focusing too much on having to have all the answers to fix problems, to do everything at once can cause a great amount of stress and anxiety. So if you break it down into literally one moment, one step, one decision at a time, it can give you some confidence in moving forward and bring you back to the present moment, which is all we really have. I could worry myself to death that my two-year-old isn't talking enough, right? And I could think of all the things wrong. I could create all these scenarios in my head. I could make all these plans. But really what I need to do is just take it one thing at a time. So what would be the next logical step in this situation? Or if I'm having a bad mental health day and I'm feeling really down and I feel like everything's so overwhelming that I can't do anything, I can't clean, I can't take care of the kids, I can't cook, I can just maybe focus on what's the next thing and it's maybe just surviving today. And then tomorrow I'll feel better and I can worry about the house or other things. Now this next one seems kind kind of counterintuitive following the third one, but it's zoom out. And what I mean by zoom out is to look at the biggest picture. So not worrying, not creating scenarios, not planning, but think about the things that will really matter. So you may have heard this saying, if it won't matter in five years from now, don't spend five minutes worrying about it. And that is a lot easier said than done, but sometimes it can be helpful to just zoom out and focus on big picture. Are your kids fed? Are they loved? Are they taken care of? Do you have a roof over your head? 
Do you have clothes? And that's not to minimize what you're going through at all, but sometimes that zoom out can be super helpful in like recentering you and helping you come up with a plan to get out of the state of doggy paddling and calling for help and thinking that you're going to drown. When I feel really overwhelmed, I feel like sometimes I can't see the forest for the trees. So I get so caught up in all the things, right? All the things I need to do, all the things I haven't done, just all the things that I can't even function. And if I can take a step back and say, how much of this shit really matters? Like what at the end of the day matters? Obviously it's that my kids are loved, they're cared for, they're taken care of. And so I can focus on that and then the rest I can come back to later. And then usually I realized that it's not as overwhelming as I thought it was. And there were more solutions than I thought there were. It's just one way to give yourself space from that problem or feeling so that you can see it more clearly. Just taking a step back. The last one is accept the damn help. This is something I am working on this year. I'm okay to accept help from some people, but I feel really bad asking for and accepting help from mostly everyone. What I realized though, is that I love to help people and most other people love to help people too. And they do it because they genuinely care about me and my family. And so I should just accept their help, savor whatever moment break joy that it gives me because that moment and that person caring about me enough to help me really can give me the strength to move forward when I feel like I couldn't move forward anymore. Sometimes our pride definitely gets the best of us and we feel like it shows weakness to accept help or to struggle. This comes back to having those real authentic connections. That's all we have at the end of the day. If you really struggle to accept help, I have a tip for you and it's to pay it forward when you feel ready. So if you're having trouble accepting help, someone offers to bring dinner. I want to challenge you to one, accept it. And then two, to make yourself a promise to pay it forward later. Then it feels like a more equal balance and it doesn't feel as if you're like being pitied or taking advantage of someone because you have every intention of paying it forward. And honestly, I think if we all did this, if we um, gave help every time we accepted help, we would maybe live in like a much nicer, friendlier world. So those are my tips. And pretty much the bottom line is no one knows what the hell they're doing. So you aren't failing, you aren't doing it wrong, and you're going to be okay. You might need extra help. You might need extra support right now, but you're going to be okay. You are the best mom for your kids and they love you so much. And that is really the most important part of motherhood. Okay, let's get to our mom fails. Number one, told my kid basketball practice was canceled because I just didn't want to take him to practice. I love this one. I also need some follow-up information. Like I need to know if they ever figured it out and then what you said if they figured it out. I also think one of the hardest parts about motherhood that isn't 
talked about as much is like the fact that you're pretty much an Uber driver that never gets paid and they throw like crumbs and French fries all over your floor and garbage and whatever. And your car will never be the same once you've become a mom. Like I used to have a pretty clean car and now it is trash. Like I am embarrassed to even let people see the inside of my car. If you open the door, I guarantee you will find French fries on the floor, Cheetos probably, wrappers, a pair of shoes, a lone sock, and some Rogue Diet Coke cans. And no matter how hard I try to keep it clean, it just always ends up back that way. So yeah, that's like you lose your body, you lose a lot of things becoming a mom, you also lose the cleanliness of your car. This next one, I think everyone has done and you feel so terrible when you do it. Here it is. My baby fell down the stairs, like four stairs and she's fine. (laughs) I forgot to shut the gate when I left the room to turn over defrosting chicken. Took less than 30 seconds. She's a new crawler and I just forgot. I still feel like the worst mom in the world for letting it happen. Number one, you are not the worst mom in the world. Number two, we have all dropped a kid on their head, had them fall down the stairs or something similar, and nothing makes you feel worse or makes you carry more guilt than that. And I feel you, but you're not a bad mom, I promise. And I swear that it is accounted for in the creation of kids and their brain cells that they will hit their head bump their head fall down things so many times okay next one I forgot my preschooler's home lunch twice in a row thankfully her awesome teachers make sure she gets fed yeah shout out to the teachers that have snacks in their classroom because forgetting lunch forgetting snack all of those things especially if you have like picky eaters that won't eat school lunch. That's a lot of pressure on a mom. Like also the pressure on moms of feeding kids is super intense. Like we have to remember to feed ourselves and then feed creatures too. Like, oh, it's just so much, especially before like 9am because that's usually when school starts. Late to pick up preschooler. His teacher was out standing in the, his teacher was out standing in the yard with him just waiting for me. Ugh. Oh, I feel you. I am uh, late to get Sam quite a bit and they don't stand outside, but they stand in between like the two doors. There's like the first door and then the door to go all the way in the school. And it's almost always because I get distracted and then I start getting the girls in the car too late. And then they are going through that phase where they want to get themselves in their seat or they don't want to get in their seat. So I fight with them to get in their seat. And then I'm like five minutes late coming in hot around the corner, tires screeching, blasting music. And I'm sure Sam's teacher's like, oh God, this girl again, I can't, I can't. But she's a gem and she just waits. She waves at me. We're good. Um, But I definitely need to put a little extra money into her teacher's gift at the end of the year. Um, So don't feel bad about being late to get the kid. The other thing about preschool and kindergarten is it's just so freaking short. Like you drop them off and then you have to go back two, two and a half hours later and pick them up. I mean, it's worth the break, but not 
but almost not, especially if you have other kids that you have to load and unload from the car to do drop off and pick up. I tried really hard to think of a mom fail for this week and I really just couldn't think of one. So first of all, I want to pat myself on the back because this is the first week since I started this podcast that I haven't had a mom fail to share. And then I kind of thought of one. I'm pretty sure there was a day this week that my girls had crumble cookies for breakfast. Um, so I would probably consider that a mom fail, a mom win in their eyes. But as far as like parenting and healthy eating, mm, fail. Also, uh, one morning, Sam legit had chips and salsa for breakfast before school, which I don't know if I'd call that a fail. That's like my style. I just thought it was kind of funny that that's what he wanted for breakfast. Now that I'm thinking more about it, if I start to include mom food fails in this podcast, that could like take up an entire, I could make an entire podcast of my food fails as a parent because I am that parent that kind of, and, and We'll get into this more later on the podcast, but I operate from like an intuitive eating perspective with kids. I let them choose what they want to eat for meals. I give them options. I don't really limit sweets and things like that. Like it's to the point where Tim will sometimes be like, you're letting them eat that right now. Like, you know, cookies for breakfast. And maybe I'm just lazy and I pass it off as they're eating intuitively when I don't want to fight him about having cookies for breakfast. I do have some food mom wins on occasion. Like I took Sam to the gas station to get a treat after getting his haircut because he hates having his haircut and he picked an apple for his treat. So cookies for breakfast, apple for a treat. We're just eating whatever we want, whenever we want. And okay, so now I'm delirious and I've gotten so far off the topic that it's not even funny. So I'm going to let you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe, rate, review, share with your mom friends, and don't forget to be peace, be love, and be mindful as a mother. See you next week. If you want more of Mindful as a Mother, you can find me on Instagram at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Linz L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams LCSW. Mm-hmm.